This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name's Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. Man, I am having so much fun doing this podcast lately with the guests that I've been having on. I thought Tessa was absolutely awesome, and I think Phil, having him on the podcast was like monumental to me that was so fucking cool man like because that's the guy who put me on narcissism I used to lay on my couch at 11 o'clock at night with my headphones in when I still lived in the house with my narcissist staring at the ceiling looking at listening to Phil and now I have him on my podcast like what a freaking life I live so fucking cool um so thank you so much for all you guys listening to those episodes thank you so much for your feedback and uh so this is um, a special episode personally for me. Um, tomorrow is one year since I left my home. And uh, I wanted to do an episode about like what I've learned in the last year and how I felt. And uh, I'm going to get into it. But um, I want to tell you guys a quick story about something that happened to me last night. Uh, which was super freaking interesting. And it's a little bit of a digression, but that's what the podcast is for. So, um, okay. So last night I went to happy hour with some of my coworkers. And uh, so we all went down and, and we're all sitting at the bar. And uh, then another one of our coworkers comes in. And this guy is just notorious for just being super outlandish and saying super funny, inappropriate things at inappropriate times. He's like, you know, the office class clown, you know what I'm saying? And so this guy comes and he's just saying what he says, man. He's just filterless, right? And uh, so he starts drinking, you know, one, two, three, four, and he starts getting a little deep and um, he starts talking with me and I don't actually know this guy so well. Uh, but he's like, you know, how you doing? Blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm okay. I'm, you know, whatever. And he starts like trauma dumping on me. And I don't know this guy. I know, don't know this guy at all. Like I've all, you know, I sit near him in the office, but I barely know the guy. And he's like, starts telling me, he's like, I think I have a problem with alcohol. And I was like, oh, okay. He's like, and drugs. I was like, 
okay he's like i do a lot of cocaine i was like all right he's like and my therapist diagnosed me with narcissistic personality disorder and i sat there and i was like my like i don't think my jaw dropped but like i looked like deer in the headlights right and i'm like yeah i was like that's pretty serious man he's like yeah he's like but he said something super freaking interesting to me he goes why would i stop when i get all this positive attention and i looked at the guy and i it was so funny in my head i'm like this is like the joker and he has no idea that he's sitting with bruce wayne you know what i mean like i'm the narcissist guy like dude holy shit and he goes why would i stop when i get all this positive attention i swear to god like this was like I don't even know, like the stars aligning or like a serendipitous God shot or something. I don't know. But like, what the hell? And then like he proceeded to do like, you know, drugs around me and I was getting super uncomfortable. And uh, it was weird. Like I was somewhere between I want to sit here and like pick this guy's brain a little bit. (laughs) And I'm like the interviewer in me wanted to come out and like start like pressing and trying to get some information from him but for the same token too like i don't want to target on my back especially at work you know what i'm saying so i was like fuck and i just like i started getting super uncomfortable and i was like all right i'm gonna leave and i was just walking down sixth avenue in new york city and i'm just thinking to myself last night like this guy what a what a revelation why would i quit when i get so much positive attention holy shit And, like, I'm trying to, like, you know, draw a line between that, draw a parallel between that and my personal narcissist. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, why would she not file a restraining order when she gets it reinforced and keeps my kids away from me for 90 days, you know, in total? Like, it's just crazy. Like, why wouldn't they act like this when they get so much positive reinforcement? So what I was thinking to myself is, like, Awareness, I'm I'm finding everywhere, like, narcissism is fucking everywhere, and people are talking about it, and, like, the characteristics of narcissism, at least, and uh, it's, it's, when I got that statement from him, I started thinking, like, just the more people know about this, the more we can fight it, because, like, he's getting positive attention, and, like, yeah, don't get me wrong, like, the class clown, right, he gets positive attention, but, um... You know, if if we can notice some of these characteristics and not feed them the attention that they're looking for, we can starve them. I don't know, man. It was just really cool. And I'm sure I'm going to get a bunch of DMs about this, this story. Um, but it was just really interesting, scary. Uh, it made me super inquisitive. And I've been really reflecting on it, you know, over the last, I don't know. 10 hours while I was sleeping and stuff. I don't know. It just, it it put a lot, it gave me a lot to think about. And um, I was really interested in that story. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, Take from that what you will. Um, But yeah, so like how I started off the beginning of this uh, recording, like, um, so tomorrow is going to be one year since I left my home. Now, um, just as a quick recap, you know, some of you have been listening to me for a while, some of you haven't, but um, back on October 30th of 2021, my former wife, my ex-wife, put a 
restraining order on me, alleging that I had strangled her while she was holding my daughter. Okay. Now, um, in that time, I was recording. I have text messages. I have pictures. I have proved it wrong. I have proved it inaccurate. And then now, uh, on September 15th, 2022, she placed another restraining order on me. Um, I am, uh, my court date, my trial for this current restraining order is this Tuesday, November the 1st, um, which is what, three days away, four days away. Um, I have not seen my kids. I have not communicated with my kids in 45 days. Um, I have my, my poor daughter, um, her birthday was a week ago. She turned four and, uh, I didn't get to call her. I didn't get to see her. I didn't get to send her a present. I missed her birthday completely. And it was, um, super tough as you can imagine. It was, it was interesting. I was able to function. I went to work, um, and I got home after work later that evening and, um, I, I was pretty well composed all day. And I got home and um, I started making dinner and, and just, you know, it started to boil. You know what I mean? Like that internal coffee pot, as I've called it in the past, started to boil and it starts to fester and boil up and spill over. And uh, I just fell to the floor and I put my forehead on my floor and I just started saying, I love you. Happy birthday. I love you. Happy birthday. Just hoping that she could feel it. You know, um, it was very hard to miss my, my daughter's fourth birthday. It was very hard. Um so uh, that's where I stand right now. Um, I've been doing okay. Uh, I bet as, as well as somebody can do who has had their kids for all intents and purposes kidnapped from them. Um, but so what I wanted to do is, like I said, I wanted to talk a little bit about what I've learned in one year. Okay. Um, so what I've learned in one year. So I've taken some notes about this. And uh, so I wanted to relay some things to you guys. Number one, I wrote, patience is not okay. I'm sorry. Patience is not about being okay with waiting. It's about how you act while you're waiting. Okay. Before this ever happened to me, I would never, ever, ever consider myself a patient person. Um, All of the jobs that I've ever had, uh, it, just like most careers, they, they, everything's got to be now and fast and accurate and go, 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 go. And, um, I would never consider myself a patient guy, but at this point, what else can I do but be patient? And I admit during the first restraining order that I had, um, when I initially left my house and, and I've many, many times on this podcast, I've compared it to being lost at sea. And I feel like I was just thrown in a rowboat, thrown out into the ocean and, you know, just said survive. And there's storms and I'm getting tossed overboard and like getting back in the boat. And like, it was, I'm trying to create a metaphor for you here, but like, it was intense. And during that first restraining order, I didn't know how to function. I was crying and throwing up and catatonic on the ground and uh I would wake up in the morning and it would look like I peed in the bed because the bed would be wet with night sweats I was just a ball of of anxiety um and so now I you know of course I worked through that right and the restraining order was that initial restraining order was settled and I and I got some um wins in that department and that helped to ease the blow and then now so I have this restraining order now and um, 
it's been really no different. The The biggest difference is that I'm not homeless for this restraining order because the last one, one I was homeless. Um, and I'm not homeless now, which has considerably helped, as you can imagine. Um, but so when I got this new restraining order, I called Mo and you guys have heard Mo on this podcast. And I said, hey, listen, I said, um, he goes, you OK? And he, you know, I, I think he probably expected me to fall apart. And I was like, you know, here's the thing, right? <laughs> maybe the Zoloft and the nicotine helps, but I'll tell you this. I didn't want to drag anybody in that boat out to sea with me again. And that was very important to me was to not fall apart. Like I did last time. Um, because I think last time I was still being gaslit to believe that I was the problem and now with this restraining order, like, I know I'm not the problem. I know I have all this evidence. I'm so educated on, on narcissism now that I really, truly have a feeling in the next couple of days that I will be ready to present my evidence in a way that is going to be able to see the judge or, or the judge is going to be able to see that there's this does not warrant a full restraining order and you're not going to take my kids away from me. And um, I'm going to attack the living hell out of her credibility. I am pretty excited for it. Um and keep in mind, like I'm pro se. I don't, I can't afford a lawyer anymore, so I'm pro se, and I'm gonna have to do this on my own. But you know what? No one knows her better than me. I know her better than she knows herself, and um, I am fully expecting her to throw out false allegations. But they're all just words, and that's what I'm gonna say in court. Like these are just words. These are just words. I can allege anything, but the difference is what she alleges versus I. What I allege, I can always back up with evidence. I can always back up with evidence. I record, I video, I do everything. I got it. And I know it. So I'm not going to sit here gaslighting myself. Um, but what I originally said is patience is about how you act when you're waiting and not about the waiting. And I have learned patience. This last year has taught me patience. Um, I often look to the future in the beginning, when I looked at the future, I used to stress out a lot more than I do now. Um, maybe it's because I have this very minimalist sort of outlook where, you know, I have a, I, I went from a $400,000 house to a one bedroom apartment. Everything that's in this apartment is pretty much what she, what I got for myself. I didn't really take very much from my old home. Um, I built from the ground up and, I don't need a lot. You know what I mean? Um, I don't need a lot to be happy. Um, I need my peace. And this apartment has no drama in it. It has no drama. It needs to be cleaned for Christ's sakes, but I work so damn much. I need to clean. <laughs> but besides that, man, there's no drama in this apartment. And um, yeah, I've learned patience. I've learned patience. Um, and don't get me wrong. I'm not scrutinizing anybody who isn't patient. Um, I understand how those panic attacks come and go, uh, but I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I wish you could see me right now. I just shrugged. I'm doing okay. I've learned patience because um, I know it's going to turn out okay. I know it's going to turn out okay. I know, I know the end of this movie turns out in my favor, and the good guy is going to win, and I know that. So patience is not about being okay with waiting. It's about how you act while you're waiting. Okay? That's number one, what I've learned. Number two, it's okay to like what you like, and it's okay to take time to enjoy that. 
And I'm sure all of us can relate to that, right? It's okay to like what you like and take time to enjoy that. Think about when you were in your relationship and maybe it's getting your hair done. Maybe it's getting your nails done. Maybe it's going out with your friends, uh, you know. For me, it was like watching football on Sundays, right? Like I would get murdered for watching football on Sundays. Like I would get killed. And listen, I hate to be say in her defense, right? But like I love football, right? And like a lot of men, I sit there all Sunday watching football and sure, I went out and I would take the kids outside and I would play on the playground with them and I would, you know, whatever. But I would be watching football on my phone or paying attention to fantasy football or whatever. I'm just giving you an example, right? But it was weird. When I first got out of the home, I could not watch football on Sundays. I couldn't do it. And it was this weird guilt that I had for doing what I like because I sort of felt like, listen, I was there. I was with my kids and I watched football. And then I was like, what a jerk. I should have turned the football off and I should have been with my kids or I should have been with her or I should have tried to do more for her or whatever. And then I, that lasted pretty much all last football season. And then this football season, when it started, you know, I've had some distance in between that time and this time. And uh, I sat down and I watched football and I grabbed a box of Cheez-Its and I sat on the couch and I watched, I'm a huge New York Giants fan. And I sat down and I watched the Giants game And I just sat there and like I made it through one quarter and I was like, this is nice. And like I sat and I didn't care if the Giants won or not. My my whole my whole ambition was to just sit there and watch a football game from beginning to end because I felt so guilty inside. I don't know if you guys can relate to that. I bet you can. I felt so guilty inside for watching a football game and I made it through one quarter and I was okay. And then I made it through to halftime and I was like, all right, you know, let me order a pizza. (laughs) And I sat there and I watched the whole football game and the Giants won. And I sat there and I was like, this is not wrong to like. It is not wrong to like what you like. The narcissist wants you to believe that, oh, I can't even tell you and I'm going to say this line and it's going to make the hair on my arm stand up. But I can't tell you how many times that asshole used to say to me, Mac does for Mac. Mac does whatever he wants. Mac does for Mac. And that used to make the hair on my arms stands up. It used to send shivers down my spine. And as I'm thinking about it now, I really truly think like, you know, listen, I know women get mad at men for watching your football games, right? But like in my next relationship, right? Is somebody going to do that to me? Because I watched a football game. They're going to say, hey, Mac does for Mac. No, no, that's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous thing to say somebody. You, You shouldn't be scrutinized for liking what you like. Okay, and it is okay to take time for yourself. It is okay to do what you like. It is okay for self care. Don't let them think because you take care of you that you're a bad person because you're supposed to take care of you. Hell, they're not doing it. So why wouldn't you take care of you? That's important. And it's just like how I've always heard, right? If a plane's going down, if a plane's going down, who do you put the mask on first? If, if an airplane's going down, do you put it on you or do you put it on your kids? You put it on you so you can help your kids, right? So if I sit there and I watch a football game for my own mental sanity just to be happy, what the fuck is wrong with that? You know what I'm saying? So listen, don't let them make you feel bad for self-care because it is so important and we will not make it through 
this recovery without self-improvement. So it is okay to like what you like and take time to enjoy that. That is my number two point. Okay. Now here's number three. If something feels wrong, it doesn't mean you should run, but look for patterns. And listen, I wrote this probably in terms of my dating life, but it can really extend to so much. If something feels wrong, it doesn't mean you have to run, but look for patterns, right? So um, I obviously now am super cognizant of people's interaction with each other and people's empathy, okay, and how you can relate to each other. So like, for example, going back to this story about this guy at my work, right? I'm paying attention to him, but I'm also paying attention to the other people around him. Who likes this guy? Who's listening to what he says? What are they listening to? How are they acting? Even if they like the guy, right? That doesn't mean that they're bad people, but it's just like, if it feels wrong, it's wrong. And you have to be okay with setting boundaries. Setting boundaries, if you have this internal feeling like something's wrong, trust that. Know that you don't have to force your way through things when they feel wrong. And it also doesn't mean you have to run. But you don't have to, you know. And, and yes, it does apply to my dating life too. If I hear something that I don't like or if somebody says something that I don't approve of, then I, I bowl, especially if I like I feel like I'm I'm giving more effort than I'm giving. If I'm getting like especially if I feel like I'm not getting as much effort as I'm giving. That's what I'm trying to say. Um but yeah, like pay attention to people. Pay attention to their actions. Pay attention to reciprocation. Oh man, reciprocation is so big for me. You know, like especially going back to my dating life, right? Like if I text somebody, right, and it takes them like four hours to respond to a text, it's like, ooh, I don't know about that. If it takes you like days to respond, like get the fuck out of here. And then they're going to come back to me. And then I, I, you know, I've had women who come back to me and, and they send me a text message like, hey, how you doing? It's like, hey, listen, I, I, I've sent text messages and been like, hey, look, um, I want more reciprocation than I'm getting from you. So I just don't think this is going to work. And that's fine. And that's honest. And it's not a jerky statement to say. You're not giving me the reciprocation I I feel I need. So for that reason, I'm out. It's like Shark Tank for Christ's sakes. You know what I mean? Like, don't make pe don't let people make you feel bad for setting boundaries because they're so important and we didn't have them before. We didn't have boundaries before. So we need them now more than ever. Because if we don't set these boundaries and we just allow people to if we just allow people to, to walk all over us, then we're destined to meet another narcissist, right? Am I wrong on this? We're just destined to, to fall into the same trap. And so help me, God, I never want to live through this again. I have no problem. I, I There's an analogy I always loved, and it's like, um, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies, right? Like, to make a dollar, I would rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. I would ha rather have four really good people in my life than a hundred suspect ones. You know what I'm saying? So I would rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. And I don't need a lot of people in my life. I need good ones. I need good ones. And 
I'm so grateful for my support system. Um, man, such a good support system. Um, and man, this podcast has been a godsend to me, man. I'm not at a year of doing the podcast. Ironically, this was kind of like a New Year's resolution for me. So um, in the beginning of January, on January 1st, it'll be one year of doing this podcast. But I'm coming up on it, man. And I've met amazing people. I've talked to amazing people. I've heard amazing stories. I have had amazing experiences. Um, So freaking cool. And I've said it many times. Like, I can't imagine my healing without this community. I can't imagine it. What would I have done? What would I have done? Um, I don't know if I would have made it. Honestly, I don't know if I would have made it. Um, Take that for what it's worth. So, yeah, um, pay attention to people. Pay attention to patterns. If it feels wrong, it doesn't mean you have to run, but pay attention to patterns, okay? Now, here's another uh, point I wrote down. Let me take a sip of coffee. Give me a second. Okay. Don't rush your healing, okay? And the reason I wrote that down, don't rush your healing. Um, I... Okay, so there's a song. You guys know I do my songs of the day, and I posted a song. Sorry, somebody's honking outside. Uh, I posted a song of the day months ago, um, and it's called Don't Rush Your Healing. And uh, the, the whole point of this Don't Rush Your Healing song was you can't sit here and be like, okay, I walked five miles into the forest and I've only walked two miles out, and I expect to be better now. So, like, in my case, right, like, I was in a relationship for nine years, and I'm not even at a year coming out of it. Now, that's not to say I'm not healed up, uh, because I am pretty calloused from the beatings that I've taken. But that being said, don't rush your healing. Allow yourself to be hurt. Allow yourself to get better. Those days when you're freaking out and, you know, you just don't even, you you don't even know, it feels like you're in a tornado and you don't know which way is up and you're just getting spun around and spun around. I can't tell you how great those days are. (laughs) And the reason I say that, and I know it hurts, it's like touching a hot stove and keeping it there, right? Like keeping your hand there. It hurts. It hurts so bad. But having those days when you're in so much pain, you know when it's over, you can survive it. You know what I'm saying? You walk out and you go, I'm going to focus on tomorrow being better or like I survived that. You know, like I never understood panic attacks until this happened, but I have them now pretty severely. Um, And I never. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm okay with that sometimes, you know, I'm okay with crying. I'm okay with laying on the floor and staring at the ceiling. I'm okay for just walking on hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on end because I'm not comfortable with being with myself. I'm okay with all that shit. 
only because like man you can't know happiness until you know pain and i've i've really felt a lot of pain so those happy times are really good and um the beatings make you more calloused you know what i mean and i'm okay with that i'm very okay with that um so don't rush your healing when you have a bad day and you take three you know you take three steps back and you only go two steps forward like you're okay man you're as i've said this before as long as the trajectory is always going up then you're okay and um, don't be so hard on yourself. You know what I mean? Don't be so hard on yourself because you're you're a good person and you just went through a really shitty relationship, whatever kind of relationship it may be. But you're okay and you got to keep moving forward. And just don't give up, you know? Um, and this next point kind of goes hand in hand with that a little bit because the next point that I wrote is ground yourself. Ground yourself. Um, I told a story. Uh, I'll tell it again when during my episode, last episode of Phil, that um, when I'm, I usually have my kids from 4.30 to 7 on Tuesdays and Thursdays for dinner. So I leave my work at 2 p.m. so I can get to my kids by 4.30. And uh, so usually I'm rushing out of New York City to get back and pick up my kids. And my body just instinctually does that. And then so a couple weeks ago, I was rushing out of New York instinctually. My body was just doing it. And I got to Penn Station where, you know, the trains come in and out of New York City. And um, I realized it just hit me as I was standing in the in the train terminal. Like, what am I doing? I don't have anything to go home for to like just go to an empty apartment. Like, what am I doing? And it was like, fuck, like I just started missing my kids. And I, I wonder if anybody was there to see me who listens to this, but probably not. But I just started crying in the middle of Penn Station. Like I'm talking hysterically crying hysterically crying it was a panic attack and um i called my aunt which i've shared on this podcast that like you know i've got my family back and i'm so grateful for that um and i called my aunt and she gave me some really good grounding advice and the grounding advice was understand you miss your kids it's not like that's not happened but around you you're nothing's happening to you right now nothing's happening to you right now that you're not doing to yourself you are in your head and you're telling yourself you miss them and this isn't fair and are you going to get them back and like you got in your head and then you like went down this slide and went deeper and deeper and this is what my aunt was telling me and she's like pull yourself out look around ground yourself you know like i you know i've heard about like the tapping you know like tap your forehead tap your hands Realize that you're present in this motion. I mean, in this moment, you know, realize that like ground yourself, ground yourself. And I was like, shit. Yeah. Like she's like, Mac, pull yourself out, pull yourself out, you know, like figure it out. Like you're, you're, you're realize you're in the train station. Look around, look for things. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. 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 And she's like, you can stay in New York. You can go eat. You can go sightsee. You can go home. You can go sleep. You can go shopping. You can do whatever you want. She's like, you know, ground yourself. And it was like, yeah, you're so right. You're so right. And I needed that. And thank God she was there for me like that. Um, my point is, is grounding yourself. It's just grounding yourself and realizing sometimes the sky feels like it's falling. You know, I mean, this is PTSD to the extreme, you know, going back to feeling like I was lost at sea, right? Like sometimes I feel like I'm in a thunderstorm, and it's fucking blue skies. You know what I mean? And that's PTSD, right? Because you sit there and you go, fuck, like, even when everything's okay, I feel like something's wrong. 
and um, ground yourself. Ground yourself. Look around. Talk to people. You know, maybe you got to eat something. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. But ground yourself. Find ways to ground yourself. Try and be present in the moment and realize that you are okay and the sky is not falling. Um, okay, so my next point here uh, says, thank God for my support system. And, you know, I just touched on it a couple of minutes ago, but, man, thank you. I, I, I got to say thank you. I always have to say thank you. I'm saying thank you on every podcast I do. Thank you to you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to my family. Thank you to my friends. Thank you to strangers. Everybody has been so supportive. And without this podcast, without Instagram, I don't know what the hell I would do. You know what I mean? And it's also given me my own personal outlet to express myself. You know what I mean? Whether it's through memes or it's through videos or through its music or whatever. It's self-expression, you know? And um, I'm, a, I'm a fairly creative guy and I, and I like to think outside the box. And this has kind of given me the platform to do that. And so thank you for that. Um, I hope everybody has a support system. I hope everybody has friends or family or coworkers or a fucking hotline you can call. And if you don't have anything, man, I can be there for you as much as I possibly can. If you hit me up on Instagram or something like, I'll be your friend. I'll be your friend. I want to help. I want to help because I know there's a version of Mac at three o'clock in the morning who is covered in night sweats, who is thinking about my ex-wife fucking somebody else, and I'm all up in my fucking head. And I just want to pull myself out. And I can promise you that there are people who want to see you succeed. There are people out here who believe you. There are people out here who stand with you. There are people out here who support you. And I want you guys to know if you're listening to this, I do believe you. I do support you. I do stand by you. Um, I want you to know that you're not alone. I know, I know when I was in the middle of this all, I felt like I was alone and I'm not alone and I'm so grateful I'm not alone, man. Um, I have such a good support system. I have such a good support system um, and I hope you guys do too and if there's any way that I can help, I will do my best to help for anybody who's listening to this. If, you know, keep in mind too, like I have a life of my own and I have kids and I have, you know, work and I have uh, court situations and I have my own recovery and I, you know, I have, I have other things going on too, but I want to be able to help in any capacity that I can. That was the whole point of this is that I want to help. I want, I need help and I want your help and I'd like to help you any way I can. So I hope what I've done with this podcast and my Instagram page and stuff, I, you know, just talking with people, I hope I've helped. Um, that's always been my goal. Um, Okay, that's kind of like the end of, of what I have here. But I, I also want to make a statement. Um, speaking of support systems, so someone fairly recently uh, messaged me on Instagram and binged the hell out of this podcast, all like 40 some odd episodes. She binged the living hell out of this podcast. And uh, so I've gotten to communicate with her and I'm really grateful for that. And, and so she sent me this message last night. And she said she just got done with therapy and her therapist gave her something that really was very poignant and that resonated with her. So I wanted to share it with you guys because she said this to me last night 
and it resonated with me as well. Um, she said she was in therapy and her therapist said, picture yourself walking, okay? And you've walked all these miles, but you're not at your destination. And you've walked a lot and you look back and you say, I didn't walk that perfectly, so I'm going to start all over again. What a freaking concept. And that, she and I were discussing that and we were relating that to ruminations because, you know, I was saying a couple minutes ago, you know, I think of all these awful things in the middle of the night about my ex and whatever, losing my kids and everything. And all these ruminations, right? Like, I'll, I'll repeat it for you. So picture yourself walking and you've walked all these miles and you're not at your destination, but you've walked a lot. And then you look back and you say, I didn't walk that perfectly, so I'm going to walk it again. No, no, don't go back. You can't change it. Do your best to not ruminate, right? Ground yourself because, again, you can't walk all these miles and turn around and say like, ah, oh, I could have done that better. Let it go. Let it go. You're, I saw a great meme one time where like the guy was holding onto a rope and he was bleeding and his hands are like, you know, all scratched up from holding onto this rope. And it's like, you're hurting holding onto this rope and bleeding. If you let it go, you can heal. And I thought that was, so, that's one of my favorite memes of all time that I ever saw on Instagram. And it's so true, man. Like, let it go. And, and that's so much easier said than done. And I, to be honest, even kind of like makes me roll my eyes at myself when I say that, let it go, you know, but let it go, <laughs> but let it go. You know, you have your whole life ahead of you to make it whatever you want. And I can promise you this with 100% certainty. I can promise you this, that the life that you make for yourself from today on will always be better than the life that you had with the narcissist. And I am willing to bet any penny in my bank account against that. Any bank account. Your life will be better without them. Oh my God, your life will be better off without them. So bet on yourself. Bet on yourself that you can take this life, make it whatever you want. It may not be perfect. I'm not saying you're going to be a millionaire and have beautiful houses and, you know, have a supermodel or something like that. I'm not saying all that. All I'm saying is you have you. You will always have you. And you are enough. And I hope you know that. And I hope you can rely on yourself and know that I can make the right choices for me and stick to that. Be proud of yourself. You've come a long way. Um, and yeah, I hope I hope that drives it home a little bit. Um, because you know what? Uh, a year out, like I said, tomorrow will be one year. At the time when you guys are listening to this, it will be the one year anniversary of when I left my home. And I'm proud of myself. I made it, you know. Uh, I made it. What a fucking year. What a year. Man, a lot of turmoil, a lot of emotions. Um, without without a doubt, the hardest thing I've ever done. Without a doubt. Being homeless, getting my food from food banks, ridiculous debt, ridiculous allocations. And, uh, you know, I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go food shopping and I'm going to go work out and maybe I'll go on a date later. You know, like uh, things have gotten crazy good in one year and they're not perfect. 
You know what I mean? So I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful. Um, and I'm going to keep fighting. So, uh, yeah, listen. So today is Saturday. And this Tuesday, um, I have my trial for uh, the restraining order to beat it. Um, and expect a midweek episode because I don't think I'm going to wait until next Sunday to record another episode. Um, you guys have been invested in my story and I feel like you deserve to know as soon as I could put, put it out, um, all things considered, as long as, man, as long as there's not, you know, some fucking horrible outcome that I can't mentally manage and then I won't do an episode, but I'm not even, I'm not even allowing that to seep in. That's not going to happen. I'm going to win. I'm going to fucking win. So, um, Expect a midweek episode. Uh, I'm not going to wait until next Sunday. There'll be another one um, in a couple of days. So keep in the lookout for that. Um, and again, thank you for a year of support. A year of support since I left my house. Um, I'm eternally grateful to anybody who hears my voice right now. I am eternally grateful for you. So thank you. Um, Keep a lookout for the next episode, and I will tell you the resolution of my restraining order, and uh, I'm going to go get my kids back. I promise you. So thank you guys for listening to this. Um, I don't think I mentioned it in the beginning of the episode, so follow me on Instagram and TikTok at dimming underscore the underscore gaslight. Email me at dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com if you want to be on the show. And uh, leave reviews on Apple Music. Give it five stars. And uh, subscribe for future episodes. Um, thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Until next time.